You're listening to an event from the U.S. Institute of Peace, part of the USIP Podcast Network. For more information about our work around the world, visit usip.org and check us out on social media. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I hope last night, good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I always nine hours sleep, always. I think the other day I mentioned one my friend, Indian politician, say. Once I visit uh, East India, he joined. And within a few days, we become very friend. Oh. So one day morning when we met, he asked me about my sleep. Then I told him, I have no question. Always a nine hour sleep. Then a few hours meditation. So that's the way my mind becoming more sharpened. So I can cheat other people more easily. <laughs> then we both uh, laughing, laughing like that. So he, his response, oh, he uh, only four hours sleep. So he, he cannot cheat other people. <laughs> so again, uh, we met. Uh, I very much sort of appreciate our discussion continuously. Okay. Yes, now start our talk. <laughs> Your Holiness, it's a great and very distinct pleasure to have the opportunity to be with you again today. We're so pleased to welcome everyone to the second part of our conversation with His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, and with the USIP Generation Change Fellows. This very special conversation is being co-hosted with a Radio Free Asia. And we want to thank Calden for this partnership that has gone on now for several years, and we hope will continue for many more. The theme, Your Holiness, of today's session focuses on education for the heart and the mind. 
We're delighted to present five young peace leaders from around the world who, with your permission, will be engaging with you. We're very happy to have Sophia Santi from Venezuela with us, Fatin Halifala from Tunisia, Nicholas Sangora from Kenya, Tanya Rosa from Colombia, and Sukana Hamia from Morocco. Your Holiness, before we hear from our youth leaders, we would be honored to hear from you on the theme of education for the heart and the mind. Although uh, uh, I think uh, people notice the past several centuries of conflict, killing, is something more or less usual. Within my own lifetime, uh, First World War, Second World War, see, people consider something normal, some relevant for national interest. And for that reason, you see, they spent a lot of energy making weapons, including nuclear weapons. Now, that thinking seems to see now change. So we, the uh, world, now thinking more seriously about genuine peace. And also, you see, people realize that each individual nation, each individual country, is in their interest very much related with whole global uh, sort of level economy. So that's a big differences in early part thinking your own country, your own area. So if necessary, uh, start war, violence. Now today, things are heavily interdependent, interconnected. So, uh, uh, global level, the war is no relevant, only through talk, through negotiation. So within my lifetime, the, the world sort of was the uh, people's thinking, I see uh, some change. So now, uh, uh, we should educate our younger generation. World changed. Uh, so now, uh, the realistic way is coexistence. 
and helping each other, uh, talking about global level. So no longer relevant my nation, my country. So uh, the uh, coming generation, I think through education, you see, study or lesson about previous war story and how to develop weapons. Now this, I think, now less important. Now we should educate children. We should uh, think how to develop genuine world peace. The individual nation thinking their own nation and for that, whatever method they use, that thinking is outdated. Now younger generation have to think world, global level, humanity. Uh, and then on top of that, now the global warming, that also a new problem. So now, uh, our younger generation now should think more broadly, not thinking, repeating past sort of, or say, uh, past experience. So, perhaps, if I may, if, uh, may I say so, uh, my age, quite old, uh, but witness, oh, yes, First World War, Second World War, uh, all these things. Uh, now, I realize we have to think about the global level uh, issue and humanity rather than my nation, their nation. So, uh, I, you see, seriously thinking about global level and oneness of seven billion human beings. So with this belief, when I came to India, you see, uh, not much sort of serious or sort of, uh, sadness or feeling. Of course, India, Tibet, a special sort of a spiritual connection. Uh, that's exception. In any way, uh, when I reach India, uh, an opportunity meeting with more people with the concept oneness of seven billion human beings. We, everybody, when we, now for example, I think 
I think I already mentioned, in case you are lonely, you see, uh, walking, oh, then uh, near sight, one human being there, at, at that moment, you really feel desperate, so you see, no time to think what that, that person what country, uh, what religion, uh, these are secondary. We simply, you see, as soon as we met, we say, because we saw one human being, we feel happy to shout, how, 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 how? You see, no longer thinking what is their nationality, what is their religion, what is their races? No. So now, situation is something like that. Entire we human being, we should consider we all same human being. We have to live together on this planet. Then on top of that, as I already mentioned, the global warming is a serious matter. So now, uh, uh, my nation, my country, that is uh, too simple. Now we have to think about humanity. So according to my own experience, with the firm belief, we are the same human being. When I visit different country, different religion, even different color, I found I feel we are same human being. Unless you say a human being, third eye, or something different, then I may feel oh there is something different. Otherwise. We are completely same. Uh, then global economy and also the global warming due to these things. Now we have to live together happily, helping each other. So uh, I always say, try to promote concept oneness of seven billion human beings. Look back past history. It is enough. Too much emphasis, differences, and problem. Enough problem. Now time come. We have to think more, uh, more wisely. We are same. We have to live on this planet. So with, uh, as I already mentioned, uh, with this feeling, wherever I go, I always smiling, smiling, smiling. Uh, I always feel we are same human brothers, sisters. You see, small differences are, are not a big major thing. Different religion, different color, different country, a secondary. 
So with this feeling, wherever I go, I always feel we are the same. Same human brothers, sisters. Okay. So now, uh, our younger generation, through education, now we should uh, emphasize we are the same. We have to live together. Now, thinking violence, war is outdated. Now, future generation must think we have to live together. We are a same human family member. So, that I feel uh, in education. I think. Uh, although this is some religious text, you see, mentioned entire sentient being, entire humanity. Uh, uh, meantime, more detail, then still, uh, for example, I'm Buddhist, we Buddhist, we Christian, we is Muslim, we Hindus. So these, now, in modern education, we must emphasize oneness of seven billion human beings. And one urgent reason, reason is global warming. There's no exception. This nation, that nation, people who believe this religion, that religion, like that. So now, our younger generation, through education, uh, should how to say they cultivate more how to say they holistic view. Ka, holistic view. Oh, more sort of wiser, like that. And now, the uh, scientific research. Uh, also now shows peace of mind, very important. So, uh, the individual peace of mind very much depends on the community. Community, more peaceful, loving kind, uh, sort of community. The individual mind, more compassion, more peace. So now uh, I'm hoping that through education, uh, coming younger generation now, now should not, not think about past, should not repeat about past. Now should think according new reality. So oneness of seven billion human beings and also a global warming, all these things. So that I want to share. Now some questions. Your Holiness, thank you for showing us in your 
comments, the link between peace, a peaceful mind, and the way that education can lead us to both. Thank you also for inspiring us with your optimism that we are moving from a singular focus on national interests to a deeper, more humane focus on our interconnectedness as one people. And we appreciate deeply the sense of urgency that you spoke about, how important it is now with so many threats to the planet, to the world we live in, that we work together in our interconnectedness to bring peace everywhere. We were inspired deeply by your wisdom. Your Holiness, we would like to present to you first, Sofia Santi from Venezuela with her question. Your Holiness, an honor to be in this space with you. I am Sofia Santi from Venezuela. And I studied my bachelor's degree in liberal studies in a private university in Venezuela. Many professors had decades of experience and are even published authors. So it was common to see many faculty constantly boast their curriculum. One time during my classical philosophy class, our professor was lecturing on the ancient Greeks. My friend who was very interested in the topic and even traveled to Greece to learn about the civilization asked the professor a question. And I can recall that my professor didn't know how to respond and clearly felt threatened by the student. So he proceeded to diminish her intervention and said she didn't even have any authority on the subject. Of course, this clearly affected her self-confidence and she even thought of dropping the class because the professor made her life impossible. So my question to you, Your Holiness, is if you had the opportunity, what would you say to that professor? I think a simple, simple answer, uh, teacher, uh, sooner or later, have to go. <laughs> so younger students, they are future, uh, future in their hand. So therefore, there is no point to neglect or kasota. To look down. To look down. Oh. So, uh, even a selfish viewpoint, the teacher, when they retired, uh, the previous student, uh, if they say, oh, our teacher, a wonderful teacher, uh, Add more greetings, uh, more sweets. <laughs> that teacher uh, must be happier. Other hand, the teacher, uh, when met his own student, then the student is seeing negative eye like that. Then the teacher. Yeah. although no longer in classroom, but still, because of past experience, the teacher, the student, when uh, when teacher go 
one, one, said one street, a previous student avoid. Then naturally, the teacher feel unhappy. So good relations, uh, teacher and student, uh, very important. Uh, whole life, uh, good relation, student and teacher, very important. For that, the teachers not only teaching the subject, but also the attitude really showing sense of concern of the student's future. So more compassionate mind, attitude, then the good relation student and uh, a teacher remain. So my own teacher uh, occasionally more serious face show, but basically very, very close. So still, although my teacher already passed away, I remember uh, the face of my teacher. They very, very kind. Uh, so close relation, teacher and student, very important. The teachers, uh, the uh, teaching subject, uh, you see, uh, become more deeper level. For that reason, also respect, trust, very important. So, some sort of the question from student uh, looks a little silly, but uh, you should not show, oh, this is silly, <laughs> should not show that way. Uh, say, we can't blame. They are young and their mind very open, so they all sorts of questions come. So teacher, uh, must show gentle way. Okay. Now next. Your Holiness, thank you for showing us that true education, real learning takes place best when there is a close relationship between the teacher and the student. When there is respect you talked about how important it is to listen with empathy. And you said very truly that education is both what you teach and the attitude that you bring to that. Thank you. We're very pleased to present our next generation change fellow. This is Fatin Halfala. Fatin is joining us from Tunisia. Hi. Uh, thank you, Your Holiness, uh, for your precious time. My name is Fetin, and I'm a teacher from Tunisia. The story that I couldn't forget when I was in my third year of teaching, I frequently 
and my first year pupils to make a mini project before lesson in order to prepare questions to ask. I remember one of my pupils came to me so sad because he's not able to make it because he's living in school six days and returns home only for the weekend. I was really touched and without either thinking I just provided him the chance to choose for each hour that I can be available for him to have access to the IT laboratory in school to feel equal to his friends. This pupil is now 24 years old and he's all the time messaging me to share any thoughts or ideas with me. My question for you, Your Highness, is please share a time when you felt compassion from one of your mentors. Thank you. My teacher, uh, a few teachers, uh, mainly two teachers. One, uh, give me teaching about this also the major uh, philosophical text. Wonderful. So he uh, sometimes showing a little bit of frustration, but meantime, give me great hope. Uh, your thinking, your mind, uh, eventually can be great philosopher, uh, great master. So showing more sort of positive sign and give me hopeful that that brings more enthusiasm and occasionally a little bit uh, a serious face. Okay. So uh, it is very important the teacher always give to student hope and uh, give uh, encouragement, great potential. That is very important. Okay. Your Holiness, thank you for reminding us that we are inspired when someone is inspired by us. And when someone believes we can do something, it gives us the confidence to move in that direction. Your Holiness, we're very pleased to present Nicholas Songora, who is one of our Generation Change Fellows from Kenya. Thank you, Your Highness. It's a great honor and pleasure to be part of this amazing conversation with you. Well, uh, I remember I was uh, 11 years old uh, while in class, uh, my teacher referred to His Excellency, Daniel Toltich Arab Moy, as a Kenyan second vice president. Of course, this was not, was not factual at all. So I saw an opportunity to shine in class. I raised my hand. The Kenyan second vice president is Joseph Murumbi. The rest of the class busted in laughter. This was not received well by the teacher. 
he stopped the lesson and walked out of class. I was immediately summoned by the deputy head teacher, facing allegations on the count of being disrespectful and rude to my teacher. Your Highness, I stood for my right, defended myself, but still I was punished, removed from my role as a class drama prefect and father sent back home to bring my parents. This incident did not only affect me, but the rest of the class. Your Highness, for uh, almost three years, I remained a passive student in class. Now my question to you, Your Highness, what is your perception on teacher, student, or pupil relationship? Does it mean that the teacher is the only custodian of knowledge? Thank you. Basically, uh, uh, any human uh, relations, uh, first, uh, when we learn from our family level, oh, so that close relation is whole life, whole our life. You see, there's, I think, some connection. So, teacher, uh, teacher, uh, uh, more kind, compassionate teacher. Uh, within that, also atmosphere, and then a subject, even difficult subject, within that atmosphere, much easier. So the uh, teacher, you see, showing more negative attitude, then the subject also, you see, uh, may not go deeper level of student's mind. So kindness uh, and showing from teacher's side genuine sense of concern of the student's future. That's very important. With that, no matter how difficult subject uh, a student without hesitation can ask question, question, question. The teacher also with more patience explain, explain. So the, as a human uh, relation, teacher 
student, their relation, uh, very much important, trust. Uh, trust, uh, very much based on compassionate attitude. So, that's my view. And then, uh, nowadays, you see a lot of books and video, or kasa, videos. So there are uh, many ways to learn. But differences, teacher with living experience explaining uh, is more effective rather than just read book or kasa to tapes like that. So uh, teacher and the student relation very important. Okay. Now next. Your Holiness, thank you for again showing us that the combination of kindness and compassion and trust is one of the best ways to teach. And if it is linked to the lived experience on the part of the teacher, it becomes perhaps the most effective way to learn. We are very pleased to present our fourth generation change fellow, Tanya Rosa is with us from Colombia. Good morning, Your Holiness. I would like to share my story. I grew up in La Guajira, which is the indigenous capital of Colombia, also home to one of the largest Afro-descendants and refugees communities. This region is also recognized for its higher levels of school dropouts and extreme poverty. My grandmother, Rosa, well known as Ocha, taught herself how to be an educator and built a school in her home to provide personalized, inclusive and empowering education to young people who were being excluded from the regular schools. She died when I was 13 years old, but she continues to be my driving force for my, for my organization, which is called Origin Learning Fund, where we partner with institutions to, to provide access to inclusive, personalized, empowering digital education for youth worldwide to, to prepare them for the future. I constantly find myself wondering what will my grandmother think about what I'm doing now and what are her thoughts on education in this digital era. So I would love to hear from you, Your Holiness. And my question is, how does the future of education look like for you? Thank you. Oh, I love uh, technology. So, uh, like Casada, uh, videotape, or this, very useful. Oh, especially sometimes reading book sometimes tire your eye, but then uh, just video 
with an enriched spirit, a refreshed vision, and a heart full of love, happiness, and compassion. Meeting your holiness taught me that education is the answer, the way and the path to happiness, peace, and enlightenment. Personally, I don't even know where to begin. Meeting your holiness helped me look deeper in my soul, spark new things that didn't exist before, and shed lights on my shadows. Spiritually, meeting your holiness made me a better Muslim. Meeting your holiness has been a daily reminder of how education is compatible with religion and why the first word that was revealed in the Holy Quran was read, Iqra. Thank you, your holiness. Okay. So all religion, in spite of different philosophy, you see, different history, but the essence of all religion is same. I feel same. Loving kindness, whether Christian, or Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, the old teacher uh, taught us we should be a nice person, home-hearted person. So sometimes uh, we forget essence, but then little, little differences, and then uh, raise some argument. I think that uh, for intellectual uh, thinking, different way, some argument 
is useful. But uh, they, in real life, argument not much useful. Be honest, truthful. Okay. I think one example, at the time of dying, this is no longer use argument. <laughs> you want peaceful, uh, peaceful atmosphere. Uh, all those great scholars, uh, while they, uh, at a young age, a lot of debate, a uh, lot of argument, but then uh, getting older at, at the time of dying, no, you, no longer much use, too much argument. Peace. <laughs> Your Holiness, thank you so much. You know, last night we had Garcinet, who had the privilege of meeting you before, and she shared with all of us how her encounter and conversation with you completely changed her life. And tonight, Sukana, who had the privilege of meeting with you, wants to share the same thing. Her discussion with you, the words that she shared with you have changed everything for her. You touch us profoundly and very deeply. Your Holiness, I will, with your permission, ask you four questions that have come from our fellows, but I will ask them on their behalf. The first question is from Luisa Romero. She's from Colombia. And she says, we live in a world of stigmas and mindsets about race, religions, nationalities, and identities. Your Holiness, from your experience, what do you think is the best way to re-educate ourselves when we have big stigmas and mindsets that don't allow us to understand that we are part of a world with, as you said earlier, 7 billion people? I think in reality, uh, different religion, uh, when they develop, uh, they also, you see, have the, some kind of influence. They, at that time, the existing societies way of thinking. Uh, so now, uh, sometimes you see emphasis the races uh, and male and female. Uh, now, uh, these, some kind of habit, even in the religious thinking, you see, due to existing society sort of thing, uh, uh, sometimes uh, now, not much relevant. Uh, so now we have to think 
the, the, as I mentioned earlier, all major religious tradition is talking loving kindness. Uh, uh, then even religious leader is sometimes, you see, use the name of religion, but actual sort of practice uh, the some sectarian, some racial, or like that. So now, uh, uh, if may I say so, now we should take all those uh, reasonable, positive advice we should take and even religious text, uh, something not so relevant to today's world, we should less emphasis. So now, religion should be serving humanity. We human beings not serving uh, one particular religion. I feel like that. So, uh, in principle, non-sectarian is good, useful. The, we should take essence of religion. That's loving kindness. Uh, so all, you see, agree. Very relevant. And a different philosophy, different sort of part of history of that religion, and then, uh, actually, you see, these certain things are habit because of the circumstances. Now circumstances change, so we have to think more new way of look. Okay. Your Holiness, we have a question from Kwan Angor from South Sudan. And Kwan says that the question he has is both personal and based on observations of people that he knows and interacts with. He says, how do you deal with the inability to let go of things that we know at some level we should be able to let go of? but we can't, and therefore they haunt us. Now we, human beings, unlike other animals, we have the uh, brain thinking, uh, investigation, and reasoning. So, uh, Basically, our human mind uh, thinking according to the reality. Now the reality, everything interdependent. So our thinking must be holistic view, not one-sided or narrow-minded, more broad-minded.
it is uh, quite wrong. This human brain, you know, who have great potential, but then thinking more narrow-minded way, uh, including religious belief, uh, sometimes it creates problem. Okay, that's my view. Your Holiness Daniela Liendo from Venezuela asks a question that is very close to the one that Kwong asked. Daniela asks, how can we accept things the way they are when we can't change them? Now we are human intelligence. You see, uh, have the potential thinking holistic. Then, meantime, we should be realistic. So, if certain things you cannot avoid, we cannot overcome, then we should accept. Uh, as some great master mentioned, if there is a way to overcome, then make effort. If there is uh, something, there is no way to overcome, then no use, effort, but accept. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your Holiness, our second to last question is about your courageous and influential dual role as both a global advocate for humanism and the leader of Tibetan Buddhism. Your Holiness, how can religious leaders at all levels promote a humanism that transcends their particular religions so that the human community is founded on shared principles of equality, compassion, and as you said last night, wise selfishness. In other words, can education for both the heart and the mind be combined into a single message, a single curriculum, and a single faith? And based on your own dual role, can religious leaders contribute to crafting and spreading such principles? Yes, now, <clears throat> I think it is quite useful, uh, different also tradition, different philosophy, uh, different belief, very useful. Uh, like our food, uh, morning, uh, lunch, dinner, always same food. Then the physical level, you feel a little bit fat up. So similarly, food for mind, just one thing, repeat. Maybe uh, you feel tired. So good. Different way of thinking. Different way uh, 
uh, now religion, different, uh, I mean, different religion uh, with different philosophy is useful to look, to make some comparison. And then uh, this our brain really then the we, we, we will get, we will feel our brain is cause or say uh, very useful. Hmm? This uh, marvelous brain thinking just one repeat uh, in a way a lot of ability of our brain wasting. So thinking even religion uh, in Buddhist tradition the all existing different religious tradition uh, they become subject to study useful useful so basically as I already mentioned all religion in spite of different philosophy, uh, or all carry the same message. That's the essence of loving kindness. Uh, that is the essence of all religion. And then use different sort of uh, philosophy, a different logical approach. Uh, that's understandable. Your Holiness, as we close the two wonderful days that we've spent with you this year, we have a final question. We would like to know the advice that you have for all of our Generation Change Fellows that will help them to continue the work that they do every day around the world that they will be able to continue this work with hope and determination and steadfastness despite the very difficult challenges that they and all of us face. In lifetime, you see, uh, naturally face some difficulties, then discourage demoralize as a real failure. In spite of the difficulties, you see, try to utilize human intelligence and investigate and thinking more holistic. Uh, my own life, you see, I experience a lot of difficulties, different time. But I never remain discouraged. Always think, investigate, investigate. So uh, when we face some problem, we should not simply demoralize. No, we should utilize our intelligence and think more holistic. And basically, uh, things are much uh, 
better, as I mentioned earlier. According to my own experience, the early part of my life, a later part of my life, the world much change due to different information, source of information. These are very useful. So uh, we should utilize human brain uh, on the basis of human determination. That's very important. Your Holiness, it has been a great honor to spend time with you yesterday and now today. We thank you deeply for your continued partnership with us, your commitment to a very profound vision of a world that's free from violent conflict and your belief, our belief in the ability of youth to change this world for the better. Sophia and Fatin and Nicholas and Tanya and Sukana, thank you for sharing your stories this evening of how you are building peace in your communities and the efforts that you are making to bring compassion, loving kindness, wise selfishness into education. As we close this event, we would like to once again thank the co-creator of the event, Calden Lodo and Radio Free Asia, for our collaboration this year. We also want to thank the staff at the Office of His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, particularly Secretary Tenzing Talka, Tetsin Sanduk, and the tech team led by Don Eisenberg and Tenzin Chojar. With your permission, Your Holiness, we would like to turn over the floor how's to how's Holden. How's for final comments. Thank you, Your Holiness, for your precious time and audience. This is the sixth year in running, and we hope to do it many more. Taking this opportunity, I would like to thank Radio Free Asia's President Befang and Min Michel, the executive editor for their continuous encouragement and support. I also want to thank Liz Grande, president of USIP for your initiative and support. I shall very much looking forward to working closely with you. Thank you, David Young, although you're not here, the vice president of USIP for your leadership and overseeing the program. I too want to thank Alison Malofsky, head of Generation Change Fellowship Program, and Paula, Rebecca, Nalia of Youth Leader Program, Paul Lee and all other team members, thank you. And of course, those who took part in this year's program. Thank you, Denzela Tsedela, for your invaluable support, and Donla Chunjala, and all the audiovisual team members of your excellent service. Finally, may your holiness live a very long and healthy life and continue to guide us. I want to repeat, uh, I'll say, uh, one uh, verses which I always repeat from early morning. So that I want to uh, repeat uh, 
and then through translation, I want to know the meaning. So tell us to say in our session, Rangelana never curu Russian do. Sisum did a molu dene came ever, thought the Tanya Tabeto can go on draw. Tatum go for top of something immigi, drawing me by the ninja and give her shit. Take on the she soon ye sanchi and dizzy, molu bonolo, a papa shava hanging. Consulting Shoya Cabo Gagua, Nambeja would ten a yo, Nambay, Dudu than a girlung shooter. Give so, uh, His Holiness recites uh, three uh, verses from uh, Madhyamaka Avatara, uh, Buddhist text of Madhyamaka, the middle way where it says that the Bodhisattva, um, called, uh, um, through his wisdom, developing the wisdom light within himself, um, sees everything as being um, devoid of any kind of intrinsic or independent objective existence. And with that knowledge, uh, combined with uh, the, that of the uh, compassion, um, the, the, uh, so with these two wings of understanding the conventional nature of things as well as the ultimate, the reality of things, uh, Bodhisattva um, journeys from um, uh, journeys along the path to the final enlightenment of Buddhahood. And so um, uh, with that, um, when I, I, mean, uh, I re recite this, these verses, every day and it gives me the uh, self-confidence as well as um, um, the, the, the fact that the faith that uh, though we may be following different religious traditions philosophical traditions and so forth but it is always good to be able to share your own tradition and experience with others as well so the, the, the important point is to be able to share our experiences with each other Thank you. See you again. Some drive back. Okay. <laughs> Although my life, the refugee, had a lot of problems, but my mind always peaceful, always happy. Uh, so another uh, few more years, we will see each other. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this event. If you'd like to listen to more events or explore our other podcasts, visit usip.org forward slash podcasts. Mm -hmm.